What? This is a remedial massage. Oh wow, we're recording. Oh great, that's on tape now. Uh, I'll tell you what, Kate Bates, for Olympian, world champion, rainbow jersey connoisseur, mm. I'm, uh, I'm never unhappy to be proven wrong. And I think my, and you're, I'm not going to leave you out of this, <laughs> absolute shit canning of the Glasgow program that we undertook in episode 58 of the Wheelhouse podcast. Because you know what? They can take our lives, but they can never take... Rambos! It's been extraordinary, Kate. It's been pretty incredible. I must say, last week I was very concerned with how um, the ins and outs of the broadcasting would work and how would we have access to it. And can I say, SBS have done an amazing job because if you go to their platform, you can, I mean, you can choose your poison. You can go for the yeah. track cycling, the mountain bike, the road. You can re It's really great. I mean, I... Yeah, good I'm on them. I'm prepared to it's admit like a, I got it wrong. It's like a, you know, those candy shops where you go and you get a bag and you, you fill it. It's like a, a cycling candy shop. Like a pick and mix. It's great. It is a pick and, and mix. I think that it, it has meant that I've consumed more cycling and more disciplines than I normally would when they're all spread out. Because and it's that's like saying something. Because it's the back of the Tour de France and the Tour de France femme, you're really into it. You've got the momentum. Yeah. And you consume a fair bit of cycling, so I that's, do, a, huge, that's a really big thing. I do, but I must admit I don't normally follow um, like the mountain biking and the BMX. I usually catch up on it, but um, as it's popping up, it's quite great. I mean, multi-screen, mm. um, I think, is probably the... Sports uh, bar. Sports the, bar. Yeah, exactly. Sports bar viewing. Uh, look, yeah. credit, credit where credit is due and the wheelhouse... Indeed. Every now and then makes it an outlandish call. Uh, but that's that's what we have fun with doing. My name's Joel Spreadborough. Catherine Bates is here as well. We're talking about the Glasgow Worlds, uh, the Super Worlds, as we Super said last Worlds. week. 200 titles. A lot happening. Uh, Australia, up there, up there. We're going to talk about some of the Aussies. Uh, but before we get into all of that and go through Glasgow with an absolute fine-tooth kilt-wearing comb... <laughs> Uh, I just let's let's begin with Matthew, uh, 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 Matthew, because uh, what a performance um, from our our boy Matthew Vanderpool, who just that that race, the men's the road race was uh, a colourful, a very very colourful instalment of elite cycling, and he's emerged uh, with a ridiculously dominant finish despite having. <laughs> A couple of interruptions along the way. Uh, only only male to win worlds in cyclocross, road race as well, getting on the mountain bike as well. It's an extraordinary display, Kate. Well, I'm glad that you said uh, it is extraordinary. And I'm glad that you said the first male because there's a lot of people saying, ah, it's the first time someone's done this. I'm going to correct mm. that front up. Um, Pauline Ferron Prevost. Uh, who is also known as the only female with a contract at Ineos. Uh, so yep. they obviously find her very special. Um, she did it in 2014, 2015. Um, she did it across um, road, mountain bike and cyclocross that year as well. Yep. They're the only two She's times She's like, been in there, done that, wear the <laughs> jacket. Yep. Stick that exactly. up your jumper. Yep. But it is really remarkable um, that he's going to try and, and do that. Uh, with the mountain bike coming up as well. But I think the road race, Joel, there's just so many things to unpack about it. But what I can say um, from the very outset of this discussion is it's a podium for the ages and that nobody 
who woke up to see the results the next morning would have been surprised. There was nobody on the podium or near the podium um, that you went, oh, really? Wow, I didn't see that coming. You can't say that every year. You would think, oh, it's the World Championships. That's It's always the case. It's not. When Mads Pedersen uh, won the first race in his rainbow jerseys, he was carrying water bottles uh, for Richie Port because nobody imagined that Mads Pedersen would be the world champion. Now, that's a different case now. He could be yeah. world champion and people wouldn't be surprised. But the world is known uh, for some surprising results. This year was not one of them. I mean, yep. if the podium had have been in a different order, nobody would have been surprised either. I think they really the cream of the crop really rose. It did. And I think uh, when you look at the the year that Machu has had. Machu. Machu. Uh, 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 Machu. Bless Ooh. you. It's been an extraordinary <laughs> year. I cycle across worlds, San Remo, Paris-Roubaix, Road Worlds. <laughs> As you say, mountain bike to come. You're not, you're not seeing him for that. That's okay. But I want to ask you about, uh, and this, this is, I'm going to, going to go right for the ribs early here because you, uh, there's a certain Belgian you're a pretty big fan of, um, mm. and we, we love speaking about the rivalry and what sometimes seems like a bromance, but they've both said, no, it's not a bromance. Anyway, it's a heated competition. I refer, of course, to Wout Van Aert, and what we've been talking about is, oh, is it Wout? Is it Machu? Is it Wout? I want to ask you, mm. Kate, definitively, uh, is it is it Machu? No. Still not. Still not. <laughs> Still not. There's wow. an extraordinary number of uh, photos with Machu in a rainbow jersey and Wout, a bridesmaid, next to him. Yeah. That being said, I think if the question was at World Championships specifically, who's better, I think that we can very easily then say Machu. Um, but if we're talking about more broadly, I'm still on Team Van Aert. Because and I and I want to justify this because I think this could be one of the best debating topics um, for a pub or a trivia night you could possibly get. Uh -huh. But if you look at what uh, Van Art has done at the Tour de France, when you look at his green jersey, when you look at his win, um, when they're going over Mont Ventoux, he's tremendous in a way that there is no athlete that matches his ability uh, to be so good across so many different, not even just disciplines, but styles of racing. Yep. And on top of that, I'm going to point out that Matt Chu had the ability this year to just focus on the races he wanted to win and not worry about the noise around it. What we didn't see from Matt Chu was him sitting on the front for considered periods of time helping a teammate. We uh -huh. didn't see him sacrificing uh, his own race so that a teammate could win. We saw that a lot from Van Aert. This is like the super domestique who can also carve it up and can also win. I think that that to me makes him a little bit more robust and, um, you know, well -rounded. I, I don't know. Well -rounded. I've got a, uh, I'm going to go to mm. our special sideline commentator now. Merksy <laughs> is on the line. Good, uh, good, good day to you, Merksy. Oh, got to disagree here. He's had some cracking lead outs at the tour. Oh, okay. No. All right. Lead out, sure. But did we see him on the front for 50K, dropping back from breaks, doing the kind that's of not his role. beautiful work? No, okay, oh. absolutely. I will agree with you that that is not his role. But if we're just pairing it back and going just about talent and capability, 
I reckon that Van Art just sits a little bit above. But again, okay. great debate topic. And I will also say, you know, while I'm really advocating here um, for the Belgian team, if we look at the podium photo, um, I'll describe it, given this is a, an audio platform, Joel, Matthew Vanderpool's head lacks, you know, what I would call hmm, hair. Yeah, right? okay, yeah. And Art looks like he's just come off a modelling shoot on the podium with his perfect hair with a whole lot of volume. So I'm just going to give him extra points for that too. So you're basically saying Matthew mm. versus Wout, okay, with the criteria that we're looking at is uh, all-round skill, technical proficiency, dreamy eyes, beautiful hair... Uh, and a face to die for, and Wout <laughs> is still edging ahead. Look, let's not objectify. I mean, we can take the, the uh, <laughs> eyes out of the equation here, but yes, if we include the hair, then yes, I, I'm saying oh, look, that I, that's I, a no, clear right there with win. You. Those eyes, those eyes. No, look, it's a, it's a great debate, and it's one that I think we'll continue to have, but I tell you what, the year that he's had uh, is has been extraordinary, but the thing with Wout Van Aert is he can pop up anywhere, at any time. So I think it's a debate we'll continue to have. I want to talk a little bit more about the race itself. Let's have a quick sideline comment from Merksy. Just a quick fun fact. First Dutchman to win Worlds since 1985. That was the year I was born. So I'm feeling, that's the other thing. I'm feeling a bit of solidarity, a bit of Dutch pride mm. as well. I wonder how many newspapers went with the Dutchman flies or the flying Dutchman or some derivation of that. I reckon dozens. It never gets oh, yeah. old. I don't think it gets old either. <laughs> never gets old, never gets amusing. Uh, now, I want to ask you about this this race. It was an extraordinary race. Uh, so we've seen a little bit of uh, upheaval around the sporting world uh, in, in recent years and protests and things like that becoming a bit more of a thing. I remember the Ashes series uh, got underway with some orange powder and, and, and the like happening as well recently. We saw that, again, a very, very significant delay, 50 minutes also, so Matt Machu overcame that. He overcame a stack, a little bit of a slick uh, slip out on the old slip slickery roads. One thing he didn't leave with, uh, which is great, is a tummy ache, because uh, when you got to go, you got to go, Kate Bates. And <laughs> we talk a lot of shit on this show, but I believe that you are going to flush us into new depths today with a segment I'd like to call Poo Times. <laughs> I I can't tell whether you like pre-wrote and researched that line, that segue, Joel, but that's quite brilliant. I am. I'm going to take it there. I We yeah. know that I'm a little bit of a prude and I tend not to like to talk about these things, but I think it would be remiss of us um, to not talk about the Glaswegian farmer who got uh, a knock on their door, uh, farmers, and uh, with the Dutch team, um, a soigneur, I believe, or a manager, and Matthew Vanderpool saying, um, pardon me, would you mind if we used your bathroom? Now, it's not clear how much context he gave, whether he was like, oh, I'm a rider with the World Championships, uh, blah, 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 or whether it was just so desperate um, that he said, please let me in, this is not going to be um, pretty otherwise. Fair to say, even though uh, there was no specific reference to it, Joel, the word um, poo, uh, was not used at yeah. all in any in any media. Um, fair to say that that's what was going on because I can't believe we're talking about this. Um, 
on a on a podcast that literally gets listened to by many around the world. It's a bit not the high of my career, but I onward I push Joel. It happened because poor Matthew Vanderpool um, obviously needed to do a number two. Otherwise, Matthew he would have Vanderpool. gone in the field like all of his. <laughs> Like all of his teammates did and, and his colleagues from other countries. We've seen um, oh. them whip out the business and, and do the number ones on the roadside. It's a constant that we see on the coverage. So we know that's yeah. what he was doing. In the press conference, he thanked them, Joel, for letting him, <laughs> this is so funny, sit on the toilet. Yeah, uh, I was curious about this. Is this like a is this like a, a Dutch language thing where it's like a, if you use a facility, you just say sit. Or is he just giving the game away there that, yeah, I went and, I was, you know, well, I went and had a squat and uh, sorted myself oh, out. Oh, crikey. The, the uh, I think uh, the fact that he needed to use someone's house is the giveaway rather than is, the terminology. It? But, yes, yeah, certainly I think in native English we would say use their bathroom. Yeah. Um, okay. He has said sit on the toilet. Well, there you go. And I wonder if... I know the if... Farmer's, um, farmer's name, by the way, the Glaswegian oh. farmer. Yeah, his his name is uh, Gastro Flushing. Oh. <laughs> it is. I'm not. I'm I not thought joking. you'd been an investigative journalist for a moment. I have. There, Gastro. That's his name. <laughs> oh. If you recall, Merksy got. Uh, we tried to get the mayor of Broken Hill on the phone to talk about um, some cycling that was going on out there. The the Mars Armstrong show thing. I wonder if we can get uh, the farmers from Glasgow on. For the next Gastro. show, there you go. That's your yeah, job, maybe. Maxie. You can We're do a deep that. dive into that. It's not the worst, though. Uh, now, there's a, a, a video out there. Uh, the world saw it, and it got immortalised by ending up on the internet <laughs> of uh, old legs Tom uh, Tom Dumoulin. Uh, now, this one, I have to say, I was when you said, this is what we're going to do today, I said, I think this stinks, Kate. But I, I think we have to share it while we're, while we're on this sub- subject. Uh pulling over desperately to the side of the road mm. and just stripping himself bare and uh, getting dead. Like, it is extraordinary. And the TV cameras stay on him for a moment and then they're like, oh, wow, okay, he's going to poo. <laughs> Cut to the race leader. Uh, it was and it's the, just uh, right Yes. In 2017 at the Giro, when he was, in fact, wearing the leader's jersey, I think that's why the camera uh, was so fixated on him. It was one of the crappiest days of his career. Do you see what I did there? (laughs) It's really bad when I have to point out my own jokes when you're just the funny one of the show. But there you go. I'm trying. No, Merckx is the the character, for sure. For sure. He pulled over and he did his business and he later said he just has really bad tummy. Like, what do you do? When, you know, like if you're sitting at your desk at work and you've got um, a case of the bad tummy, you got to run to the bathroom. Like it's not very pleasant on a bike. Uh, But I can't say it's been something uh, that has occurred with too much frequency. Um, I would say that a lot of the riders probably pull out of the race if their tummy is in such bad condition. Um, But I'm going to just take a moment, Joel, to lower the bar. This, even further, um, it, wow! Show okay. even further. I'll, I'll tell this story very quickly, but as relayed to me by Phil Anderson, the great um, Phil Anderson, who was the first Australian to wear the yellow jersey at the Tour de France, uh, he told me this in an interview. I didn't see it coming, Joel. I'm going to preface that right that I thought this was going to be a very civilized chat. Um, it descended downhill somewhat. Now he told the story. 
He was at the Tour de France. Um, it was back in the time where they had no helmets on. He had a cycling cap on, though, uh, and oh, no. he really needed to go. Uh, he had a bad tummy, but he didn't want to stop and lose time, and he was quite worried about that. Um, so what he did was uh, he leant back um, on his eyes. Oh, I just noticed you've grabbed a cycling cap, and I have a feeling, Joel, you might take it off in a moment when I reach the story. It's clean. He, he pushes back on his saddle, he pulls his necks down, he removes his cycling cap and he uses the cycling cap to um, catch what is happening and he then disposes of the cycling cap on the side of the road. Now, <laughs> that's a fairly graphic description. Uh, made worse, job by the fact that he recalls after he tossed it, he looked back and saw a child on the oh. side of the road running to collect what he thought was this wonderful cycling cap souvenir. No. Yes. Oh, no. Um, oh. So Wait, hang on, where that, did this happen? Where was this? At, this was at the Tour de France, tour. I believe. This was relayed to me by Phil Anderson. Now, I can check with oh, Phil that God. it was at the Tour, but this is definitely... Um, something that happened in his career. So there you go. Mummy, and... look, I found a cycling cat. Oh, oh, <laughs> wow. okay. So but the question is, Joel, given Tom Dumoulin's crappy day, given Phil Anderson's desperate yeah. urge and the cycling cap, what would have happened to Matthew Vanderpool if a protester hadn't cemented themselves to the road and stopped the race? <laughs> would he have lost the world title because he would have had to make a hard decision on the road. Because that Glasgow yeah. course, Joel, 40 laps per corner, 10 laps, 400 corners there, yeah. he wouldn't have really had a chance uh, to do a Tom or a Phil. Yeah, I, I can imagine uh, the press conferences the after, like all the riders being asked about protesters and every rider going, oh, yes, you've got, I think there's a time and a place for protesters. Look, you know, I understand they have a message to get out there, but when we're racing, it's not appropriate. Then you cut to Vanderpool saying, thank Christ for protesters. I'm so happy they intervened. <laughs> anyway, uh, what an extraordinary uh, turn of events. Look, he got the poo done. He, d he, got, he got up back on the bike when he had his stack. Uh, when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. Now, what's the shoe? We've got the poo, the shoe, and the move with Matthew Van der Poel. What's that about? Yes. Well, when he when he stacked it, uh, he broke his shoe, um, which can be a problem uh, in the upstroke of your pedal. You can imagine if the top of the shoe, if the clasps aren't working, um, yeah. when you are using power on the upstroke, uh, which a lot of these athletes work very hard um, on having power not just on the downstroke, but also on the up, so to make it very smooth, your foot is kind of coming out of the shoe and that takes significantly away from the power on one leg. Uh, okay. So he would have then had to have a real focus on the downstroke of his pedal. Didn't seem to hinder him um, at all. And yeah. um, to bring it together, the poo, the shoe, the move, uh, one of the most remarkable things about his ride is that all of his competition were really on the offensive. They were putting in a lot of attacks and kind of preempting what was going to be a really difficult uh, finish to the race, especially because it was so long, um, yeah. which Podgy appeared to be less than impressed with, I might say. Uh, but Vandu, uh, Vandu, Matthew, <laughs> um, yeah. Matthew, he didn't, he was like cool as a cucumber. He was so patient. Yeah. He didn't partake in uh, any of this flurry of activity, he just sat, 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 and then when he went whack and he attacked, 
he made it count. So I think this yeah. whole world has been uh, very much summarised by those three words, Joel. Yep. Who, yep. Regardless who, of uh, whether moves. he was sitting on the saddle or a Glaswegian farmer's toilet seat, he was sitting, he was calm, and he did an outstanding job. Now, a, a very a tough course as well, uh, Pog. Uh, one of one of many many riders to really really struggle, uh, despite getting on the podium, of course. But it was it was tough out there, Kate Bates. I think it was uh, not that I was out there, but it, it looked tough out there, Kate Bates. <laughs> it did. I actually think oh, a, a bit of a rubbish course. I was on the uh, committee for Wollongong World Championships last year, where we designed the course, and I actually feel quite confident to say that we wouldn't have signed off on this course. Um, so technical. That's one thing, like everybody loves the challenge of a technical course to a degree, but with 40 corners, some of them 90 degree corners, if it had have been raining a little bit more or different conditions, very narrow, a lot of road furniture. Uh, the other thing I noticed was the barriers had feet that were coming out, so yep. not particularly Ooh. safe. And with sandbags yeah. sitting on them to hold them in place, oh dear. I'm surprised okay. there wasn't more carnage to be honest but i think it did change um the style of racing and that really played into the hands of the riders who have exceptionally good skills and yep. we're looking at matthew we're looking at wout here um mm. for that as well the guys who do cross discipline that allowed them to really shine and that's cool but i also think that when you were looking at how remco for example was cornering it wasn't just about whether he had the legs or not he was actually you know, noticeably going through corners a lot slower than those guys because yep. of the risk of it. And I'm just not, I feel as though this will be remembered as one of, you know, the worlds to remember. Mm -hmm. But I think it could have gone so badly the other way with the yeah. course. It is, it's so. interesting. It was a full of, full of, full of peril for sure. Um, and when, when a rider is actively hesitant, is, is, is showing signs of trepidation, I think, these guys and these girls show enough extreme courage often enough to know that they are going to deal with some extremely difficult terrain and some extremely testing courses and downhills, uphills, whatever you want to say. Mm. When they're actively showing signs of ooh, I'm a bit hesitant, I think it's the course's fault. I don't think you can ever say a cyclist at this mm. level is, is wilting in the face of a challenge unless it's something quite serious. And I think that's what we kind of saw there. Um, just 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 my opinion on that one because that yeah, that, that just I'm doesn't make sense to me when you've got little bunkers and stuff and little little hazards out anyway uh we'll go back to the sideline hello mercy totally disagree with you too yep Ooh. from a tv point of view spectacular okay, all the skills yeah. amazing crash 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 okay no look fair opinion uh, and look it it, re it rewarded technical proficiency we should do a countdown one day of the most technically proficient and extend it to nature breaks as well. I think, uh, you know, Tommy. Do you think Tommy, that rockets um, Phil Anderson up on the He's number on one. Table. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Piddlecock. I mean, Tom Pidcock is up there as well. He's quite good at pulling wow. over and definitely getting it out. Uh, anyway, now let's let's move on on the Wheelhouse podcast. Extraordinary men's road race and well done to Matthew Vanderpoo on getting that one up. I, I want to mention uh, Maddie Dinham, our Aussie, who this is a great story, Catherine Bates, O-L-Y, because he's literally been parachuted into the Aussie team. Now, we were sad. We were so sad because last week 
we dedicated a, a huge amount of time talking up Caleb Ewan and circling this as this is the this is the moment for get back in there and uh, not to be not to be but we'll talk about that in a sec but Matthew Dinham coming into the team at the 11th hour and uh, smashing up a 7th place yeah it was a couple of days out Caleb and Rob Stannard out Alex Edmondson and Matty Dinham in Um, late call up but what I want to point out at the very beginning here Joel Matty Dinham guess where he comes from Mountain bike skills yeah. to pay the bills. Neo I mean, pro. Far and above that, um, the twenty-three-year-old has shown so much talent, and um, you know that's been that was rewarded with a contract with DSM for the World Tour this year. Uh, we saw him in Wollongong last year. He was kind of the talk of the town. Everybody was saying, "Gee, this kid's got something special." Uh, but to put it, I don't know, not to be indelicate. But it wasn't special enough to get picked for the world's team until mm. there were some dropouts, right? So he's got all this talent, but he hasn't had the year that we know that he's capable of. And I think that it was just the perfect opportunity for him um, to shine. And shiny did. Like, phew, yeah. he's amongst some massive names, uh, established names in that in the way that he rode. And I'm really impressed. I think that... DSM would kind of be rubbing their hands together, uh, thinking they got him for a bargain based yeah, on okay. that ride. Okay, that's ex- that's that's exciting. So, another Aussie to circle in our in our group of exciting yep. Aussies. So, yeah, put it, get a big highlighter over his name. And I actually, while we're highlighting um, the the shout outs that uh, Merksy has limited us to, <laughs> one or two per show. <laughs> um, I'm listening, Merksy. Uh, is Hamish McKenzie? Now, yeah. this kid, he's 18 years of age and he's gotten third, a bronze medal in the under-23 men's individual time trial. Remarkable ride. So good. He turns 19 in a couple of weeks. He represented Australia in the under-19 category last year. Uh, he's just been signed by Jaco Alula as a stagiaire for the rest of the season. So he's not in the World Tour yet. He doesn't have a World Tour contract, I think that will probably change now Uh, but for him to perform at that level uh, in the individual time trial on a course that they're saying is purely for the strong riders yeah you just know that this kid um, is talented I've also commentated on him on on the track a fair bit he's a really good track rider as well so here we have another young rider um, coming up and um Stagiaire, Joel, there's a fun yeah. little cycling term. Um, it's like a neo-pro, like you're not a professional yet, but you, it's like an intern. You spend a little bit of time in a world tour team and, and see yeah. whether it's compatible. So, Okay, yeah. that's great. I'm, I consider myself a stagiaire very much. <laughs> yes. I appreciate you answering that question that I didn't <laughs> ask. It's good to know. Um, <laughs> and I love that we uh, we prefaced that chat by saying we don't mean to be indelicate after we just spent 20 minutes talking about public defecation. That's Oh, see, but, just... you know, it's not my favourite thing to do to talk about <laughs> such things, Joel. But On the I, wheelhouse yeah, I thought that was worth <laughs> It was worth covering. Um, you it are sure wearing was. a red uh, shirt. My face is now the colour of your red shirt. As the you red rag. No, around. look, yeah, you covered it so beautifully uh, Hamish McKenzie as well Let, let's we'll, we'll get to the track in a minute but let's let's stay on mm. the TTs the uh, the ITT TTT TTT your one of your favorite 
<laughs> events, uh, the TTT, the ITT. Now, we haven't mentioned this name for a little while on this program. Uh, Jay Vine. Yes. Jay Vine. Jay is Vine. He the, is he the guy that's going to cross the line? Yeah, look, I, I think this is the way they're talking about this course. Firstly, it's hard and long. So it is 46 kilo, 48 kilometres for the men. Um, for the women, 36 kilometres, the longest the women's has ever been before, right? So we're okay. talking about not an insignificant uh, jump in length, 14K longer than the women's was last year, right? Wow. It's course thankfully that doesn't mimic how technical uh the road race is and okay. the big favorites um in the men were kind of looking at the dutch the swiss and then an italian interloper by the name of filippo ganna um <laughs> the, the swiss stefans stefan kung and stefan bissiger have to look good for this you've got to uh, say that wout van art and remco um have to also look pretty good for this we know that van yeah. art had a had a fantastic tt at the nationals um, taking the title ahead of Remco. So I think that we can kind of put highlighters over their name um, okay. and say that it's one for the strongmen. But Jay Vine, what a big opportunity for him. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I think that we've seen him step up and do remarkable things. He's had a pretty tough season, um, he has, yeah. but he's had the chance to go back and train a bit more specifically for this. Never was going to start the road race. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty impressed because what I will say about that is that when we did have, um, Stannard and Ewan go out of the road race team, um, where they wonderfully put Matt Dinham in, that could have been an opportunity to bring Jay in. He's already yep. in the team. He's already heading to Glasgow, but they didn't. And that's because he's focusing so hard. Uh, on this time trial. So, I mean, okay. let's not pretend we're not biased toward Jay Vine and think that he's amazing. Okay. <laughs> we'll get on to the, uh, the women and their performances mm. thus far in a minute, but you did mention Filippo Ghana, a huge hope, mm. obviously taking out the men's individual pursuit, uh, just yep. yet another accolade, just showing off a little bit Oof. now. It's a huge threat. Let's be completely honest though. Mm. I, I mean, Filippo Ghana's got the, He's got the form, right? And yep. when you win an individual pursuit on the track, it means that you've got really high power. Um, where So if you then go to a road time trial, and that might sound like the most bleedingly obvious statement I could make, but sometimes road time trialers and individual pursuiters are not compatible um, because of the course. If it's a course that requires, it's a bit more technical or it's um, not, as fast because we're looking at an average of around 50k an hour um so less than an hour for the 48k for the men which would be quite remarkable um in this case a rider like uh ganner who's clearly just throwing out huge what numbers uh, mm -hmm. it's really going to suit him and as we go on to talk about the women um i think that it's going to be a similar case in the women because my hot favy uh mm -hmm. for the women's time trial is chloe Digert. And guess what she just won, Joel? Chloe Digert uh, took the uh, the individual pursuit herself, I believe. That is correct. Yeah. Good little um, fun fact. And I reckon... You uh, like Digert, could... don't you? I do, I do. I like her for it. I, I think that yep. this course, uh, we've just seen a form guide over on the track. And may yep. this championship be known, if for nothing else, for the rise of the multidiscipline athlete. Because Absolutely. regardless of what uh, Matthew goes on to do in the mountain bike, 
what makes him so remarkable is that he comes from a multidiscipline background, as does Van Art, and yeah. uh, and we're looking at that from the track as well. Matt Dinham, he comes from mountain bike. It's it's really cool. Like, and I I think if I look back on my career, they went through this period where they tried to separate the multidisciplines, and they didn't encourage you actively uh, to go after more than one. They said if you're going to ride track, then we're not going to put you in the road team. Uh, if you're going to ride mountain bike, then stick with that. I yeah. think that's come full circle where they're now like, hold on, you can have form for all of them at the same time if it's managed properly uh, and, yep. and reap results from it. So it's I reckon Filippo Ganner and Chloe Dygert are going yep. to be very successful across disciplines here. You dig Dygert. I dig Dygert, yep. yeah. Bates digs Dygert, there's your headline. <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, I think it's it's so good for the sport from a from an entertainment perspective as well mm -hmm. to see these multi-skilled athletes flexing the way they are. And I, I refer to that. Let's look at the Netflix docker when we were watching Feathers, Tommy Pitcock uh, descend at uh, 106, 107 kilometres an hour to take out a mm. stage in extraordinary fashion. And that's the sort of uh, mind-blowing display that we're going to see more and more often. And seeing the lights of um, Sagan Peter riding in the forest, uh, Taking a break out from the Sagan Peter Resort and uh, golf course, whatever else is there, it's 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 really, 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 really cool. So, uh, really, really cool to see. I, I want to ask you um, about Georgia Baker. So let's let's go back to two thousand and seven. The world was a, a slightly different place. Um, I can confirm that that was actually the the last Women's World Cup football World Cup where the the girls weren't paid that year as well. Mm -hmm. Huge stat. Another stat was a, an Australian athlete by the name of Catherine Bartes uh, took out a rainbow in the points race. So this is a race that's pretty special to you and one that I'm, I'm sure you keep a pretty keen eye on, Bates. And, it uh, is, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we saw she's out of the SD Works clobber, but doesn't matter for Lotta Kopecky, still running absolutely rampant. Yes, well, I was... Um I, I like to pride myself on the things that, you know, you like the further you get from retirement, the better your career looks, Joel, is what yeah. I'll say. Uh, yep. But I was the first Australian female to win a points race uh, at the World Championships. And I can say that I've been very proud watching some Aussies uh, win since. Amy Cure um, was a tremendous points race rider in her career. And uh, Georgia Baker has just come through the ranks Amazingly, she got second in the points race. Uh, they also got second in the Madison um, with Alex Manley behind uh, behind the British team. But Lotta Kopecky, here we go. Here's another one that can uh, go multidiscipline. Um, yep. She's won the points race in such impressive style and following uh, the incredible ride she had and uh, time in the Maillot Jaune at the Tour de France Femme, I think, oh, She's on form, like what yep. an incredibly capable athlete. She also um, rode so well up the Tourmalet that she ended up on the podium overall uh, in GC wow. at the yeah, Tour de France. Yeah. So that is incredibly impressive. Uh, almost as impressive, I would say, as what uh, Wout Van Aert has done across the disciplines. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I digress, Joel. Uh, <laughs> I reckon... <laughs> Any opportunity. Any opportunity to get WVA into the narrative. Oh, look, it's not that difficult. I reckon uh, <laughs> Kopecky for the for the road race. Okay. I Can I give a quick shout-out to uh, Brizzy Girl? Stonk and Favey. Yes, please yeah. do while we're still in the velodrome. Yeah, quickly. Just uh, Paige Greco. 
pretty fly good. Fly the flag. Uh, fly the flag. Wear your Broncos jersey. Just do it. Just just, yes. just declare your allegiance. Yes. Watch the rainbow jersey come to you if you show Paige your Brisbane Greco pride. It has consistently been one of the rising stars uh, in the para team. And Amanda Reid is another one um, who's done an incredible job. Yep. How good is it that the paras get to race alongside uh, the able-bodied so that yep. the fans can so easily partake in it? It's something uh, that we see at the Commonwealth Games. They integrate yep. both disciplines, which is really cool. Uh, but it's now only something once every four years that the para-athletes uh, get to do with Superworlds. They get to race um, in and amongst the same program. And I think it's really cool and certainly the Aussies have been uh, flying the flag, going really strongly there. So that that's very cool. And Paige Amanda Greco, Reed is an absolute um, giant of the of the sport. A giant. Her tenth world title. Wow, um, Joel, and yeah. her fifth in the women's five hundred meters. Uh, we've also seen some really impressive um, riding from Christina Clonan, uh, the yep. Brisbane girl. Uh, who changed from endurance to sprint and got second in the 500-metre time trial uh, by a margin there too. Our team sprint fellas got second, um, only just behind the might of the uh, of the Dutch team. Yep. It's, been, it's been a very good competition over on the track. I do tell anybody, um, get on to the, the coverage and go back and look at the highlights um, of some of the track sessions. They've been putting together some really good uh, kind of like Aussie highlights packages from each day. Yep. Uh, that competition's finished now, but I think it would be really good to go back and look at. Massive. Well, um, sorry, Merxie, we're breaking the shout out uh, <laughs> thing here, but yeah, man, uh, <laughs> broke a world record, then went and got the, got the, got the gold first rainbow of the, of the uh, tournament as well of the super worlds. And of course, um, Paige Greco, good luck. Now let's look at the women's road race on the Wheelhouse podcast. Like, share, subscribe. We talk about all things from poo to cycling. Um, <laughs> now you you like you like Lotta. You like Lotta, I believe, because of what we've seen. Let's just not say this this in this event, but the whole year basically has has culminated in you saying, you know what? Good luck, good luck catching her. Basically, there's a lot of luck about. Her. Oh. You there it see is. what I did. Come on now. Uh, we can cut that out. I mean, in the in the same way that I say Filippo's gonna win the time trial. Sure yeah, is. See? Yeah. Come on yeah. now. All right. Um, I think that something that's so impressive about Lotta Kapeki is um how versatile she is across the different disciplines. On a course that has been described uh as a criterium on steroids, it's a it's going to be a course that you need not just the horsepower but also um you need the skills mm. there aren't very many riders who can match Kapeki on a skill level you'd normally say that their biggest competition would come from you know a tremendously strong dutch team uh -huh. but what i'm thinking joel is that the dutch They've got they've got options. Are they going to go with Vollering? Are they going to support yeah. Lorena V Bears? Yeah, who do they? Where ride are for? they putting their eggs? And will that allow the Belgian team, riding in full full support of Kopecky, um, to have the advantage? I tend to say, I, there's there's a big chance that that'll happen. But the other one that could just become um, 
you know, the whole story of these superworlds, I nearly call them the games, but the superworlds, um, is Chloe Dygert because I really think that the time trial is up her alley. She could pull something out in the road race um, and do something that nobody has done since Leontine Van Morsel back in the 2000 Olympics where she won the individual pursuit on the track. She then won the individual time trial and she then won the road race. My goodness. I know. If Chloe Dygert is building her form rather than peaking for the track and then just trying to hold on, it's a possibility that we could see uh, Van Morsel's epic achievements um, redone here by Chloe Dygert. So I'm just putting it out there. Extra, extra, read all about it. Bates digs Dygert. <laughs> Uh, do you think, let's talk about the distance. So we're looking at 157Ks. Mm. Uh, it's been called a criterium on steroids by, by mm. in some circles. Uh, are you are you thinking distance course doesn't sway your thinking at all? I'm, I'm looking at Lotta no. once again. No, I think it, I mean, I think it reinforces it, if anything. It's, it's a bit yep. different to the men's because they only go around it six times. So instead of 400 corners, you've got 240 corners. Oh, is that it's all? Okay. Lot. Right? <laughs> yeah. but, a, but a bit of a different uh, thing than we were looking at for the for the fellas. But it's still going to be a pretty challenging course. Yeah. And, you know, but what happens if any of them have a bad tummy, Joel? Because we're not foreseeing a 50-minute break by the side of the road where a Glaswegian farmer can be of any assistance. So... Hello, sorry. Are you yeah. gastro? Yeah, I, I was talking to Matthew and he said that you're pretty generous uh, with lending out your, your poopoo house. I, I mean, actually, not to turn back around to that topic, Joel, but given that Tom Dumoulin and Matthew Vanderpool are both Dutch, do we think that perhaps they're eating a little bit too much fibre over in <laughs> Team NL? <laughs> too much Metamucil in the morning. Yeah, like, juice. Okay. you know, maybe they should eat more bananas. Oh, and less less of their green veggies. Just, let's, just a little bit of see. unsolicited advice for the team. <laughs> oh, so the things we talk about too. Please like, share and subscribe. Uh, now, this is the Wheelhouse Podcast. We're talking a lot about Chloe Dygert because Bates digs Dygert. Hmm. Um, you're going on a Chloe Dygert, a high Chloe Dygert at the moment. <laughs> Not now, a high Chloe Dygert. We're, we're talking a lot about this course it's had uh, it's had its share of critics it's had i mentioned criterium on steroids that was corin lebecky uh the american uh she knows you know a, a tough course has has had a few injuries in her time she doesn't like it uh johan Bruniel as well says it's an absolute disgrace it's a disgrace mm. too many corners too much Are vertical you, it's i all mean happening. given that glasgow is glasgow um and I, I have to at this point also say that I have been very taken with the scenery, very, very oh, taken beautiful. with the Scottish Highlands. Um, it's made me want to book a, a trip over there. Uh, Merksy was very quick to remind me that it was so beautiful and green because it rained so often. <laughs> and it um, is known for being, what can we say, a little bit miserable. Uh, not necessarily good for outdoor sporting pursuits. Uh, on that vein, oh, sorry, yes. Rain I, is. Did you notice the um, the cows? They had cows wearing rainbow jerseys. It was very I cute. Did see Here that. it is. Look yeah. at this. Rain. They... Yep. <laughs> yep. Big yep. cows. Like how that. do you think? How do you think they got the jerseys on the cows, Joel? Like, 
did somebody have to kind of wrangle the cow and wrestle the jersey onto it? Just... Uh, I, have you never put a jersey on a cow before? Like from a practical point of view, who do you think got that job in the office? Um, because again, having having worked with the Wollongong crew last year, yeah. uh, there was nobody on the events team, wonderful events team we had, uh, who was an animal wrangler of any uh, type. Definitely, you definitely didn't have a magpie wrangler. Actually, I want to ask you about that. I have got a little bit of mail here. That the cow jerseys were applied by Wout Van Aert because, according oh. to Kate Bates, there's nothing he can't do. So it was it <laughs> was Wout true. Van Aert who went out the morning of the race and suited up all the cows. Was now, it a missed opportunity in Australia that we didn't have a, a jersey on a kangaroo or a koala in a tree? Good luck getting a jersey on a kangaroo and uh, escaping with your face intact. But um, <laughs> well, yeah, the, maybe the, uh, the next Super Worlds. Um, were announced to be in the UAE. They announced okay. that this week. So I'm just saying there's got to be a factory somewhere <laughs> that is now producing camel jerseys. Yeah, a lot of, uh, <laughs> lot of opportunities there for rainbow wardrobe uh, on animals. It, it, uh, it would not just a camel, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> the sky's dark. the limit. Yeah, a scorpion, rainbow <laughs> scorpion. Are they, they have scorpions? I'm sure of it. Somewhere anyway, they do. Well, an oil taker. Rainbows on an oil taker. There you go. The protesters will be out in force. There you go, Matthew. That's your time to go and do a poo. Uh, This is the Wheelhouse podcast. We're coming uh, full circle on the Glasgow Super Worlds and the extraordinary displays we've seen there so far. And they have been something else entirely. I think I want to ask you, uh, Kate Bates, because um, Glaswegians, as it were, have a pretty, uh, they have a pretty hefty claim on Glasgow. They, they say Glasgow is, is pretty much the real city of love. Forget about Paris. It's Glasgow. They do. Look, you know, I love a deep dive, Joel, into uh, the locations that our cycling calendar takes us. And I have discovered that fun fact. Uh, as you say, Glaswegians claim um, that the heritage of Valentine's Day is actually from Glasgow and that uh, Paris be damned, the Eiffel Tower, whatever, come to Glasgow, um, which is the real city of love. Now, (laughs) I don't know how seriously we should take it. They also claim um, that chicken tikka um, is a Glaswegian dish. Um, Really? I got to be honest, I thought that it was Indian or Bangladeshi, um, but apparently Glasgow is where it was uh, first made. Um, and the wow. other thing they claim is that they've got trees that are 330 million years old, older than dinosaurs. Um, okay. So, look, for a city that is also known to be uh, a little bit miserable and, and not great weather, um, not necessarily a tourist attraction, I think that they're spreading their tentacles fairly wide to, to try and attract people um, there. But look, I am I am in love with Glasgow, if for nothing else, for the spoils that we've seen unfold so far uh, over there. A memorable place, even if yep. I can't convince Merksy to take me there on holidays. Happy to be proven wrong on the Wheelhouse podcast <laughs> yes. and the Super Worlds have been extremely entertaining uh, so far. So we will continue, I'm sure, talking about... Um, nature breaks and everything else that happens in a super world when we next convene in the bunker Catherine I think it's been a bit of fun today uh, congratulations to Matthew once again an excellent effort looking forward to the women's 
and uh, everything else that comes. And we'll 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 dive right into some uh, La Vuelta chat too when we get back in yes. the bunker too. Because the thing just the mm. season just never stops, does it? Let's be completely honest. It's uh, relentless. Relentless. It doesn't. I mean, we could call this episode fifty nine, or we could call it the poo, the shoe, and the move. Yeah, what Doc do you think? name. Catchy. Doc name in- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the move is taken. They right, the move is taken. I don't think they'll mind if we put the poo and the shoe in front of it. Yeah, I'm sure they're listening. Lance, is that yeah. okay? <laughs> I'll ask. Yeah, I wonder if he's got any, um, uh, any toilet stories from his day. I don't know that we need to continue going. Why did I even put that out there? Oh, my okay. gosh. We know a lot of things. Uh, we know that there's a, 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 a very dominant... Uh, victory happening we know that kate and the committee wouldn't have approved the course uh you and your committees honestly how many committees are you on you, you love a good committee love a good committee yeah are you on like yeah. the committee of committees it's a committee that talks about committees i think i should form one yeah the committee yeah. committee yeah <laughs> you're a committee a, a lover of committees uh, a committee connoisseur if you will <laughs> connoisseur of committees which is great for us because we get all the all the hot goss on the wheelhouse podcast Time to wrap up for the week. Thank you so much. Like, share, subscribe, tell everyone you know. We do have a lot of fun on this. It's cycling from quite literally every single angle. Uh, some of them not as flattering as others, but uh, if it happened, we'll talk about it. My name's Joel Spreadbury. Your name is... Katarina Bates. We'll see you next time. 